welcome to the Falling Dove podcast where I share my short stories and poems. Today's story is about an experience that I had while serving in the military in Iraq. Thank you for listening. Sand in the Engine In September of 2002, a group of soldiers from my company were sent to Kuwait to unload ships that held a division's worth of old World War II-era equipment. We'd been warned that we were going, it was only a matter of time that we were going to be deployed, and it's not a matter of if we're deployed, it's when, our first sergeant explained to our formation while we were standing in ranks waiting to go home on a Friday afternoon. In the spring of 2003, orders came and we waited and there were delays and we were pushed back and we were packed and ready to go and we waited and weeks passed. And when we got to Iraq, no one expected us. They didn't have room for us in the tent cities. They didn't have a, uh, a task or a job for us. We didn't fall under any organization. We didn't have rations. Um, and this is because Captain Mueller, our commander, wanted to go to war so bad, he made it happen. He brought us over on canceled orders. We settled in under First Coscom, which is uh, a division that was uh, stationed in Germany and it provided uh, uh, support for warfighting um, units. We were reun- reunited with uh, some of the old World War II equipment that had been uh, unloaded from the big ship and uh, our whole unit had stick shift driving lessons. I was one of the only ones who could drive a stick shift, but they never let me drive one because of sexism. Once I got settled in Iraq with my unit at Camp Dogwood, I didn't go on the road at all. Um, My leadership traded extra guard duty and dirty duties for the safety of the compound. I feel a bit ashamed about that. In the morning, I stayed back and I did chores. I burned manure, I did dishes, I got fuel for the generator, I dumped used shower water out in the driveway and filled the shower tanks. We took turns on a rotation basis on who did what duty, but we all did the same duties, and we did KP. Um, At night, we pulled extra shifts of guard duty, and I volunteered for an extra four hours of radio watch every night, so I averaged at least six hours of watch per night. Um, Not a lot of sleep. I was always really tired. In the hot middle of the day, I did things like taking parts off broken trucks so that the dollar cost of the missing parts equaled half the worth of the truck so that we could turn it in as being unfixable. The trucks were issued the trucks that we were issued were worth about six thousand dollars in the books so if you took off most of the tires that's almost the value of the truck Um, 
we were some of the first people uh, in in Iraq and they didn't want to send their best vehicles in first um, because they didn't want to lose expensive vehicles so that's why Frontline's people ended up with these ancient uh, refurbished, they were well refurbished uh, trucks the placard said they were refurbished in Iceland I know that they do that kind of thing in Italy too the drivers went out every morning at 4 a.m. and drove a route that would take me about 20 minutes to drive and it would take them all day the, they drove slower than I could walk and they stopped frequently and they got shot at a lot they were um, the trucks were you know hot from the engine heat it was a hundred degrees outside and then they wore full battle rattle inside the trucks so incredibly incredibly hot um, dangerous miserable experience for those drivers if their trucks were broken though then they didn't have to go nothing we had nothing we did made sense everything was kind of backwards and made as painful as possible and if it was inefficient and miserable then you know that's that's how we were doing things sergeant colvin walked me over to this truck and he handed me a form called a 2404 and it had a big x on it and it said quote cranks but doesn't start in big bold letters on it and he asked me to figure out what was wrong with it and i hopped in the cab and I tried the crank and it was like it was like it had a dead battery so I tested the batteries they were good and I walked past the dipstick and I tried to push it in it was sticking out about an inch how odd and I took the starter off and brought it to um, a specialty shop and had it bench tested. So hooked the starter up to a battery and pushed it into a wood block really hard and it, it was a very strong starter. There was nothing wrong with the starter. I put it back on. And I walked past the dipstick and pulled it out and looked at it and put it back in and pushed on it really hard to try to get it to go back in and it wouldn't go back in. And that bugged me. And I replaced the batteries, even though they tested good. And I pushed down on that darn dipstick again. It bugged me. And I traced wires around, and I jabbed my light tester and my voltmeter into wires. And I pulled the dipstick out again, and I put it back in, and it still didn't fit. And I compared it to the dipstick on a similar truck, and it was the right size dipstick. Out of frustration, I replaced the batteries a second time. I took all the connections apart and cleaned them really well. I half flicked the spring dipstick with my finger and watched it back and forth. Frustrating. I had a horrible, frustrating two days with no enlightenment on why this truck wouldn't start. 
Specialist Coleman walked outside. She was a queen who didn't have to do anything like work. Life isn't fair. She'd been sitting inside talking to the saboteurs all day, so she knew what was wrong with the truck. She made a beeline for the dipstick. Anderson, I think there's sand on the end of this dipstick, she said. She shoved the dipstick under my nose. I hadn't been looking for too much sand in the engine to allow it to start. When the oil was drained, most of a five-gallon bucket was full of tarry black sand. I took the valve cover off and there were rocks in the compression chamber. Sergeant Colvin had me take um, the valve covers off of all the trucks. One truck had Tootsie Roll wrapper and, and Skittles wrappers sitting on top of the pistons. And rocks and sand and rocks and lots of rocks and lots of sand. Our saboteurs didn't just put sand in the engines, they rode clutches to make them pop and I had to drop those trucks off at the specialty shop to have their major parts, to have their clutches replaced. This truck has been here for a new clutch three times! The greasy sergeant looked at me with contempt. I kind of shivered. I got really good at replacing Hydrovax, which is some sort of a clutch part. It didn't really matter that people were sabotaging vehicles until someone got hurt. Sabotaging trucks isn't the worst thing in the world to do, but the problem was that the trucks were really tough. They would run for weeks with a bucket of sand in their bellies, and then they would die on the road. And when one of these trucks broke, the soldiers stopped and got out and hooked it up to a tow bar. As they were pulling away uh, with a truck that was on a tow bar, um, a truck got hit with an RPG and two soldiers were hurt really, really badly. Our officers said that they wouldn't have been attacked if the truck hadn't broke. I don't, I don't think this is true. I think that they had the soldiers driving so slow at this less than a walking pace crawl and stopping so frequently anyways that they would have been shot anyways but the truck was just an excuse to blame the drivers for getting shot when they were sent out like targets on a shooting range soldiers went through this investigation and trial process and some went to prison and some were discharged and one who was a witness against the saboteurs went crazy and he killed himself. The whole thing was really, really weird. Just before, uh, just before the truck got RPG'd, Captain Mueller um, hit his four-month mark, which is the magic mark when um, great exploits are absolutely not fun anymore. And he called uh, the Pentagon, and a buddy pulled strings and got him a job in Washington, D.C., in the five-sided building, and and he passed his command off to a really nice guy, West Point guy. And so the incoming commander lost his career over this, which I find sad.